just a few seconds before 4 o'clock, and you are tuned to WERU-FM 89.9 Blue Hill, 99.9 Bangor, and streaming online at WERU.org. And this is Maine Currents, independent local news, views, and culture for Tuesday, June 6, 2017. I'm Amy Brown. The ranked choice voting law passed by Maine voters in November may soon be repealed by the legislature based on a word that was changed in the state constitution back in the 1800s. The word plurality was substituted for majority after a contentious gubernatorial race in 1880. As a result, some races in the state can be and often are won by candidates who do not have the support of the majority of the voters. The court's opinion pertains to only some of the races that would be covered by the new ranked choice voting law. The remaining races would also be conducted via ranked choice voting if the state constitution were amended to read majority rather than plurality. But some in the state legislature are taking the opportunity to throw out the new law entirely. And according to an analysis by Michael Shepard in today's Bangor Daily News, they may succeed as some Democrats are considering voting with Republicans. On Friday, a public hearing was held on two competing bills, LD 1624, which proposes to amend the state constitution to allow implementation of ranked choice voting, and LD 1625, which would repeal the new ranked choice voting law altogether. The hearing drew an overflow crowd to the Veterans and Legal Affairs Committee, and testimony lasted more than four hours. Not a single member of the public spoke in support of overturning ranked choice voting. We're going to listen in now and hear some of the testimony today. As much as we can squeeze into an hour in this first segment, has the sponsors introducing their bills and a few of the legislators who weighed in on each side. Later on in the program, we'll be hearing from members of the public. Senator Breen, welcome. Good morning. Senator Mason, Representative Lucchini, and distinguished members of the Veterans and Legal Affairs Committee, my name is Kathy Breen, and I have the privilege of representing the communities of Falmouth, Cumberland, Yarmouth, Gray, part of the city of Westbrook, Shabeeg Island, and Long Island in the Maine Senate. I'm here today to introduce LD 1624, resolution proposing an amendment to the Constitution of Maine to implement ranked choice voting and to offer testimony in its support. I want to begin where I obviously must. Last November, Maine voters enacted the Ranked Choice Voting Act, which institutes the instant runoff for primaries and general elections for the offices of U.S. Senator, U.S. Representative, Governor, State Senator, and State Representative. All of us in this room have seen the way extreme partisanship, negative attack ads, and the presence of overwhelming money have influenced our elections and eroded the public trust. Our political world has grown more polarized in recent years, which I find regrettable. I represent a district where Democrats, Republicans, and unenrolled voters share common values like common sense and moderation. Perhaps this is why the ranked choice voting referendum fared so well in the communities that I represent last November. In ranked choice voting, voters are free to cast their ballots for the candidate, <clears throat> excuse me, or candidates they truly prefer without worrying that their vote will inadvertently throw the election to a candidate they oppose. Ra- <clears throat> excuse me, rather than scenarios where a winner captures only a small but politically active minority of voters, winning candidates will always reflect the preference of a majority of voters. Candidates must conduct campaigns that win the support of a broad coalition of voters rather than only a solid base of partisans. This creates an incentive for civil debate and well-intended exchange of ideas rather than the scorched earth politics that have unfortunately become the norm. However, in the wake of the November referendum, we've recently received guidance from the Maine Supreme Judicial Court indicating that ranked choice voting is in conflict with Maine's constitution. The court advised that a system requiring winning candidates to obtain obtain a majority through successive rounds of instant runoff is unconstitutional because the Constitution was amended in the 19th century to say that winners must be chosen by plurality, not majority. It's important to note that this ruling applied only to general elections for governor and state legislators. All primaries and general elections for federal legislative offices can be chosen via ranked choice voting without running afoul of the Maine Constitution. It's also important to note that the ruling does not strike ranked choice voting from the law books, nor does it direct the legislature to repeal the law. As lawmakers sworn to uphold the Maine Constitution, we now have a choice. 
we can either repeal the law and ignore the voters who approved ranked choice voting, or we can begin the process of amending our state constitution to allow ranked choice voting. I believe repeal would be the wrong course. At a time when public confidence in elected officials and government is at an all-time low, repealing the entire voter-approved ranked choice voting act would be disrespectful to Maine voters. We should not use the Supreme Judicial Court's advisory opinion as a pretext to overturn the will of the voters. Instead, we should respect those voters by approving a constitutional amendment allowing ranked choice voting in Maine. The objective of this amendment is simple. References to pluralities in the Maine Constitution would be struck and replaced with the word majorities. I'm simply asking you once again to let the voters have their say, armed with the full knowledge of the court's decision. It's the least we can do to show them that we respect their role as voters. Thank you very much for your time. I'd be happy to take any questions. Thank you for your testimony, Senator Breen. Are there any questions uh, from committee members this time? Seeing none, thank you. Thank you, Mr. Chair. So at this time, we will uh, move to the second bill sponsor, LD 1625, an act to repeal the ranked choice voting law. And the uh, sponsor is Senator Mason. Uh, thank you, Mr. Chairman, uh, fellow members of the committee. As you all know, my name is Garrett Mason. I represent Senate District 22, which covers parts of Andrew Scott and Kennebec County. I also have the pleasure of serving as majority leader in the state Senate. And I'm here before you to be the sponsor of LD 1625. I bring this bill to you after a strong, unanimous opinion was made by the Maine Supreme Court that ranked choice voting, which passed on the ballot last November, is unconstitutional. I believe it is our job as legislators to draft laws that comply with our Constitution. We should not seek to amend our Constitution to accommodate new laws. Supporters of ranked choice voting have now decided that we should move forward with the ranked choice method of voting for federal elections. I agree with Secretary of State Dunlap that this would generate greater confusion among voters and ballot counters. With almost half of Maine's towns counting ballots by hand, we may not know a winner for days or more, and more errors could occur in the con convoluted counting process. This new method of voting would also be quite costly to implement. Between printing ballots, updating ballot machines, and the overtime cost to pick up, secure, and return ballots to Augusta, it is, our, it is an estimated to cost our state an additional $1.5 million between fiscal years 2018 and 2019. I will leave you with one last thought. As elected members of the Maine Legislature, we each took an oath to support the Maine Constitution, and it is our duty to uphold it. I appreciate you listening to my testimony, and I strongly encourage a favorable vote on this bill. Thank you, and I'd be happy to take any questions. Thank you, Senator. Any questions from committee members at this point? <laughs> Representative Casas. Thank you, Mr. Chair. Thank you, Senator Mason. Where did, you, where did the cost estimates um, come from? How were they generated? We've, we've had multiple conversations in this committee about how much it would cost to uh, to redo the way that we count ballots in the state. We'd have to have new machines. We'd have to retabulate the machines that would be able to uphold the cost. Uh, we'd also have to change the way that we count ballots in the state. Uh, right now, the Constitution dictates that the town clerks uh, do are responsible for the tallying, um, and those, those estimates were put together through various cost estimates that we've had in this committee. Okay, further thank you. questions? Seeing none, thank you, Senator. Thank you. Okay. Uh, at this point, we will open it up to co-sponsors. Good morning, Senator Mason, Representative Lucchini, and esteemed members of the Joint Standing Committee on Veterans and Legal Affairs. I am State Representative Heather Siraki, and I am honored to serve the individuals of House District 28, which is part of Scarborough. The question as it appeared on the ballot was submitted to voters as follows. Do you want to allow voters to rank their choices of candidates in elections for U.S. Senate, Congress, Governor, State Senate, and State Representative, and to have ballots counted at the state level in multiple rounds in which last place candidates <coughs> excuse me, are eliminated until a candidate wins by majority. The word majority in the ballot question troubled me because the ranked choice voting system involves exhausted ballots and spoiled ballots and thereby redefines the majority. 
Ranked choice voting does not represent a majority of all the ballots cast. It only represents a majority of the leftover ballots. With ranked choice voting, your vote may be thrown away and deducted from the total ballot tally of votes cast, which results in redefining the majority. This happens if you only cast one vote for the losing candidate or if you selected losing candidates in multiple rounds. Thousands of ballots can be thrown away as the rounds continue. In one race in San Francisco, about 18,800 ballots were cast, but the winner was determined with only 4,321 votes because so many ballots were exhausted and deducted from the original total. How is that a true majority? In my mind, this proposal was deceptively presented and marketed to the voters. With not one penny spent in opposition and hundreds of thousands of dollars spent promoting the idea, in my mind, the information presented to the voter was skewed. I understand the proponents of the bill would like to consider a new voting system, but since this law has recently been found to be unconstitutional in at least one regard, I suggest that the proponents might explore some other voting systems and proceed bearing in mind that legislators take an oath of office to uphold the Constitution. This is an oath I take seriously, and I am sure you all do too. In this situation, the cart was put before the horse. If we are to consider a majority voting system, the Constitution needs to be amended first. I found it interesting that the Maine's League of Women Voters research on RCV, which involves instant runoff voting, as their preferred system also completed a simulated legal challenge on constitutional grounds with three esteemed lawyers serving as judges in February of 2014. One of them was Dan Wathen, the former Chief Justice of the Law Court. That panel of the moot court initially ruled unanimously that the proposal was unconstitutional and on the League of, Main, uh, League of Women Voters website having quotes the illustrious panel reached a unanimous conclusion that ranked choice voting would not be constitutional in Maine. Even while their mock trial resulted in some doubt in 2014, the LWM pushed ahead with their support. Now, not all leagues support ranked choice voting. In San Jose, California, um, where they studied the proposal, their website states, in quotes, it was a consensus of the meeting that the League of Women Voters San Jose um, should not support a change in the current system. The reasons cited included, one, members preferred a majority voting system in which the person elected received the majority of total votes cast, not simply a majority of votes remaining in the final round. Again, ranked choice voting does not guarantee a true majority. Two, Ranked choice voting, instant runoff ballots, and the system itself would be too confusing. And three, the current system with a runoff in close multi-candidate races allows the voter more time and opportunity to focus on the final two candidates. So that was the results of San Jose, California. Excuse me. Proponents often claim that ranked choice voting is exactly like a runoff election, but it is not a runoff between the two top finishers. A true runoff involves printing new ballots and is a race between the two top vote-getters, and the candidates have another opportunity to reach the voters to delineate themselves, and all of the voters have the time to make another decision. Governor Jerry Brown was the mayor of Oakland, California, a city in which ranked choice voting was implemented at the municipal level. Statewide elections with ranked choice voting present a multitude of concerns, especially for the elderly and with our aging population, many of whom face dementia. And Governor Brown, with his first-hand experience with ranked choice voting, vetoed their statewide measure in California on September 29th of 2016, stating that it is, in quotes, overly complicated and confusing. In my mind, this is the last thing we want to do when people are already distrustful of politicians. Governor Brown also believes ranked choice voting deprives people of genuinely informed choice. Why would that be? I think perhaps because with ranked choice voting candidates who want as many second-place votes as possible to win, they strive to be liked. I, survive, I, I surmise that this means candidates may not be quite as forthcoming about their positions on tough issues. In Governor Brown's words, ranked choice voting deprives people of genuinely informed choice. For these reasons and many more, I oppose ranked choice voting and support full repeal. Thank you for your consideration. Are there any other legislators who wish to testify? I will be brief, uh, quite brief, in order to allow for the bulk of the time to be given to members of the public. 
Uh, good morning, Senator Mason, Representative Lucini, and esteemed members of the Veterans and Legal Affairs Committee. My name is Rachel Talbot Ross, and I represent House District 40, which comprises the Portland neighborhoods of Parkside, Bayside, East Bayside, Oakdale, and the University of Southern Maine campus. I want to thank you for the opportunity to come before you today in support of LD1624 resolution proposing an amendment to the Constitution of Maine to implement ranked choice voting and in opposition to LD 1625, an act to repeal the ranked choice voting law. Last November, the same voters who have elected us to serve as their legislators also approved a citizen initiative legislation to put a ranked choice voting system in place for state elections. This, legislation has con this legislature has considered and debated more than a dozen measures related to ranked choice and instant runoff voting since the 120th legislature. Support has been building over those years, and Maine voters knew very well what they were doing when they checked the box last November. They fully understood that they were voting for a system that would be best uh, electing candidates that uh, reflected their majority voice. In fact, Portland has used ranked choice voting to elect its mayor since 2011. In light of this fact, it speaks volumes that Portland voters supported the ranked choice voting referendum last November by overwhelming margins. According to the Secretary of State, 26,440 Portland voters supported the initiative, while only 10,523 voters uh, rejected it. As, Jenna, as Senator Bellows has already referenced, ranked choice voting allowed Portland to exceed its voting turnout. It was successful in every way. Elections are the very foundation of our democracy. Through the referendum process, Maine people exercise their right to vote in order to improve this process. We as elected officials should focus our efforts on putting the necessary pieces in place to implement those improvements, not on undermining the will of the voters by effectively erasing the initiative they approve from our law books. I urge all my colleagues to support LD 1624, Senator Breen's measure to amend the Maine Constitution in order to facilitate ranked choice voting as it was passed at the ballot box. I also ask you to oppose LD 1625 and adopt Senator Carpenter's measure to immediately implement the portions of the ranked choice voting referendum that were not challenged in the Maine Supreme Judicial Court's recently issued opinion. I want to thank you for your time and consideration, and I'm happy to answer any questions. Thank you, Representative. You're listening to Maine Currents on WERU-FM. I'm Amy Brown. This public hearing took place Friday before the legislature's Veterans and Legal Affairs Committee, <clears throat> excuse me, Legal Affairs Committee. Several other legislators spoke as well, but in interest of time, we're going to shift now to testimony from members of the public. The two bills being considered are LD-1624, a proposal to amend the state constitution so that ranked choice voting as approved by Mainers last November may be implemented, and LD-1625, which would overturn the voters' decision by repealing ranked choice voting altogether. The Maine Judicial Supreme Court ruled last month that a change made to the state's constitution back in 1880, replacing majority with plurality, plurality makes ranked choice voting unconstitutional for some, but not all races in the state. Those in favor of repealing ranked choice voting in Maine argue that Mainers were duped by out-of-state funding in favor of passage and the ranked choice voting question that uh, voters didn't understand the constitutional issue. But not a single member of the public made either of those arguments at this public hearing. In fact, no member of the public spoke in favor of repealing ranked choice voting at all. Only a handful of legislators did, which is why you won't hear any of those arguments as we switch now to the public comment period. Senator Mason, Representative Lucchini, and distinguished members of the Veterans and Legal Affairs Committee, thank you for this opportunity to testify. My name is Les Fossil, and I'm a recovering state legislator. <laughs> Since I did not serve on your committee, I have no gifts but my words to give you. I am here today to testify in support of LD 1624, a constitutional amendment that requires a two-thirds vote 
in both chambers of the legislature and ratification by the voters in November. And I think that's important. Uh, the voters get a second bite at this one. Uh, approving a constitutional amendment would allow ranked choice voting to be used in general elections uh, for governor, state senate, and state house beginning in 2018. I am here today to testify in opposition to LD 1625, which seeks to repeal Maine's ranked choice voter law in its entirety. There is absolutely no justification for repealing this law just passed by voters or delaying implementation in races that have no constitutional concerns. As many of you know, I have decades of leadership in Maine politics. Uh, I am truly an old fossil. I, since uh, <laughs> Peter stay out of the room, I've been in the leadership of the Republican Party longer than anybody in the room. Get out of here. <laughs> the, uh, uh, I, and also, I've been involved in more close races and recounts than anybody in Maine's history. I know how bad this is. I once lost an election by minus five votes, and I do mean minus five votes. Um, the, I have watched in horror as our political process has become increasingly more interested in fighting than governing. My personal low point was when the Natural Resources Council of Maine and the Koch brothers, Americans for Prosperity, attacked me at the same time on the same bill in that room. I once chaired the Moderate Caucus, which was the largest caucus in the legislature. I hear the Moderate Caucus is now gone, along with most of the moderates. I also served in the United States Army. I know in battle we must protect our flanks, but today all we seem to have left is the flanks. The center of our democracy has disappeared. Ranked choice voting is a modest attempt to revive our democratic process. Clearly, the people of Maine hunger for change or they would not have approved this referendum by the second largest vote uh, in Maine's history. Clearly, the referendum referenda would not be proliferating if our legislative process was addressing the needs and concerns of Maine. Each legislator must now decide whose light to follow, which path to take. I hope you follow the path that your constituents have blazed for you. Good morning, Senator Mason, Representative Lucchini, <clears throat> members of the Joint Standing Committee on Veterans and Legal Affairs. Um, good morning, my name is Ann Luther. I'm the advocacy chair of the League of Women Voters of Maine, a volunteer here today, a resident of Trenton. Um, the League of <clears throat> Women Voters of Maine is uh, in support of LD 1624 and in opposition to LD 1625. <clears throat> Excuse me, I can see that I've got three minutes to do both of these jobs. So I'm going to try to skip to page two of my written testimony on LD 1624 and say, first of all, that the League of Women Voters has long acknowledged the constitutional question hanging over the implementation of ranked choice voting for main state offices. Although we believed then and believe now that the arguments in favor of constitutionality were valid, uh, those arguments have now been subjected to due process and did not prevail. Although the advisory opinion offered last week was unanimous, and following that decision, we must presume that full implementation of RCV in Maine requires a constitutional amendment. Because we support ranked choice voting, because we are joined in this by a sizable majority of Maine voters, we urge this committee to advance a constitutional amendment to enable ranked choice voting to proceed in full. Although the specific language presented in LD 1624 would be one way to go about this, we believe a better approach would be to amend the relevant constitutional provisions to remove the detailed and archaic instructions on election procedure and authorize the legislature to decide election methodology and to prescribe how results should be collated and tabulated. We would prefer language that allows rather than requires a different election standard so long as the popular election provision is maintained. 
That way, the Constitution contains appropriate guidance while lawmakers provide the details of implementation within constitutional bounds. We believe this is sound lawmaking. We have attached to our testimony alternative language that we feel better serves the public interest, and we hope you will consider it. Now, on to LD 1625, we oppose this bill. Um, again, following the advisory opinion of the court last week, we presume full implementation of ranked choice voting in Maine requires a constitutional amendment, and we support that. But we, at the same time, urge this committee to reject the proposal to repeal the law outright and urge you to move forward instead with implementation of ranked choice voting in those races where there is no constitutional impediment. Doing so respects the will of the voters, respects the main state constitution and the democratic process, and preserves and advances the benefits for which Maine people endorse this reform. Those benefits accrue to primary elections and elections for federal offices just as they do for general elections for governor. I want to be clear, this is not now and never was just about elections for governor. So let's get on with it. We've heard the concern that voters would not be able to handle having both ranked choice voting and pick one races on the same ballot, we are not persuaded. It's done all the time in municipalities using ranked choice voting in Maine and around the country. Maine voters are as good as any. Voters will need education and training, it's true, but let's get started. Moreover, implementing ranked choice voting for the smaller set of races is feasible for election officials. The Secretary of State's office has repeatedly given assurance on the record that they are prepared to implement ranked choice voting for all eligible races and partial implementation as proposed here would be even easier with fewer races, many of which would be uncontested and exempt from the sort count and declare provisions of the Constitution which do not apply to these particular races. Voters asked for this right granted them by the Maine State Constitution under the Citizen Initiative provision. We may not be happy with the court's decision in the solemn occasion, but we respect their authority to decide. You, some of you, may not be happy with the outcome of this election, but we believe you should respect the authority of voters to decide. Such respect requires you to do your best to honor the will of those voters. Don't undermine them by repealing provisions that are perfectly valid under the Constitution and under the court provision. Um, I see my time is up. There's a brief summary here, but nothing substantial to be added to my testimony. Thank you, Ms. Luther. Good morning. I'm Amy Smith. I'm from the town of Arousic. And I want to speak today with two hats. One of those hats is as a professional political scientist. Years ago, in the 1990s, at the height of the ethnic wars in the Balkans, it was part of my job to review research on methods of avoiding ethnic conflict, mechanisms of practicing peaceful political competition despite divisions in societies. That's when I first became aware of ranked choice voting, and I have been compelled by it ever since. This is what I learned. Case study after case study all around the world. Bosnia, Northern Ireland, Sri Lanka, Estonia, Fiji, Papua New Guinea, all over the place. In divided societies, with first-past-the-post plurality systems, politicians have an incentive to appeal to ethnic or racial or religious or regional or partisan identities and mobilize a core constituency. In a divided society, the surest way to win your own base is to demean and disrespect the other side. Elections then increase rather than resolve divisions. But the pattern isn't inevitable. Changes in institutional rules, the rules that we make, can encourage cross-communal communication, bargaining, cooperation, interdependence between rival politicians and their constituencies. Ranked choice voting encourages politicians to reach across lines, racial lines, ethnic lines, regional lines, party lines, to appeal beyond their natural constituents to voters who might pick them as a second or third choice. That's how ranked choice voting creates incentives for politicians to aim for the center rather than for the extremes. 
Ranked choice voting is a method that promotes a more positive political discourse that rewards civility, rewards moving toward the middle, rewards addressing opponents respect respectfully. As a trained political scientist who's reviewed research from around the world, I can affirm that. I also speak with a different hat, and that is as the registrar of voters for my little old 400-person hand-count town of Rousick. I am involved in the nitty-gritty every election. I'm keeping track of all the paperwork for the state. I'm physically setting up the voting booth. I'm hunting to find the key for the ballot box. I'm training our election workers, the people who show up to be ballot clerks and counters, Democrat, Republican, Green, unenrolled, and in this last election, people from age 18 to 80 who were delighted to be there for all of those hours because we all care about this process. When we need better training materials or better technology or better rules for the sake of our elections, then we pursue them. And that includes constitutional changes. Maine's constitution has changed a number of times to incorporate changes in how we conduct elections. Article 2, Section 5, excuse me, permits the use of voting machines. That common and accepted piece of equipment once required a change to the Constitution. There have been references here today to the complexity of pulling this off. They've been doing it in Australia since the beginning of the 20th century. No computers, let alone no electronics. So speaking as a registrar of voters in a hand count town, I want to affirm that I'm completely confident that the state of Maine can pull this off, can conduct ranked choice voting. So I feel like we have done our part as the voters of Maine to review and discuss and make our decision about ranked choice voting. And we have voted, and it's clear. And now I think it's time for the next step in this process. And I urge you to vote to make the change in our Constitution so that we can get on with conducting elections with ranked choice voting. Thank you. Thank you. I'm Julia Fitzrandolph of Pemaquid, and I am here today to oppose LD 1625, which will fully repeal Maine's ranked choice voting law, and I'd like to tell you why. I'm a person of faith a Unitarian Universalist that affirms the inherent worth and dignity of every person and promotes justice, equity, and compassion in human relations. We stand for the right of conscience and the use of the democratic process in our congregations and society at large. Grounded by our principles, Unitarian Universalists are called to live our faith in action. Through the main Unitarian Universalist State Advocacy Network, of which I'm honored to be co-chair, we believe ranked choice voting will ensure more positive campaigning and promote greater support for the democratic process. I know all of you already decry the presence of hate speech, vulgarity, extreme incivility, and other dangerous and unseemly words and behaviors that are becoming all too familiar tactics in our current political environment. Voters are not likely to rank a second-place second candidate who has issued personal attacks against their favorite choice. Experience in Portland, which you've already heard about today, shows that there was less negativity and more focus on real issues under a system where ranked-choice voting is in place and therefore, in turn, leads to broader involvement in the electoral process and greater voter turnout for the elections. That's why we, as Unitarian Universalists, believe our ranked choice voting law is a powerful solution to ensure civil discourse. Mainers agree. About 400,000 of us already voted, and we agree. So please oppose the repeal of ranked choice voting so that Maine can lead the nation with a vision of democracy which unifies our country and strengthens the inclusion of all to learn about and participate in the democratic process. Thank you. Next up we have Kara McCormick and then William McCormick. Welcome. <laughs> Thank you very much. Um, I'm Kara Brown McCormick. I was the treasurer of the Committee for Ranked Choice Voting. Thank you very much for holding this public hearing and for listening to the people who ran and won the campaign that got the second most votes 
in the history of Maine's citizen initiatives. I was one of the five original petitioners in the state of Maine who helped bring the ranked choice voting law to our citizens here. I personally gathered as a volunteer 750 signatures from my friends and neighbors, and I served as the treasurer of the committee. Any notion that our signatures were bought and paid for, or that we were not a grassroots campaign that was led by Maine people is patently false. 90% of all of our signatures were gathered by volunteers just like me in a wonderful expression of democratic participation. From the very start at the campaign, we promised one another we would run a totally nonpartisan, 100% positive, uplifting, and inclusive campaign. We kept our promise. Our campaign committee was made up of prominent and everyday people like me from all political stripes in Maine and from across the spectrum of ideologies, parties, and no parties at all. Question 5 was endorsed by the Portland Press-Herald, the Kennebec Journal, the Morning Sentinel, the Times Record, the Republican Journal, the Courier-Gazette, the Camden Herald, Island Advantages, the Castine Patriot, and the Weekly Packet. Question 5 was endorsed by the Democratic Party of Maine, the Maine Greens, the Maine Libertarian Party, the League of Women Voters, the Maine Citizens for Clean Elections, the MSEA and the SEIU, Common Cause, the Maine Small Business Association, and many, many other organizations across the state. 450 former and current elected officials formally endorsed Question 5. I have a list of all of these people here today, and I can just pass them around for you to see. I'm sure you'll see many of your supporters on that list. But most importantly, on Election Day, Question 5 garnered the yes votes from 388,273 of our fellow citizens. On January 7, 2017, ranked choice voting became the law of the land. And four days later, the Republican President of the State Senate announced his intentions to gut the law so that we would never have a chance to see it work. On that day, I realized the campaign was not really over and that powerful forces in Augusta were going to fight to kill the reform rather than implement the law as the voters intended. I hope that you will open your eyes wide and see this effort for full repeal of the law for what it truly is. It is disingenuous in the extreme for members of this committee to say that they are merely fulfilling their oaths to uphold the Constitution when they are trying to derail this law for all 10 elections for which it was intended, rather than just for the three elections that are affected by the Supreme Judicial Court's opinion. Please do not allow yourself to be persuaded to cast a vote for full repeal and in direct conflict with the will of the people and our right to direct democracy. The very same people who voted for you in the very same election also voted for and against ranked choice voting. Why should votes cast in favor of seating all of you here sitting here today be any more valid than the votes that were cast in favor or against question five. Please hear this. For seven of the 10 elections in this law, there is no constitutional conflict whatsoever. Please don't let the opponents, the policy opponents of ranked choice voting throw the baby out with the bathwater based on an erroneous claim that the entire law has been found unconstitutional. It has not, it has not. In Maine, we are blessed with the 31st Amendment to the Constitution that since 1909 has given us the right to petition our government. We are not just a representative democracy in Maine. We are also a direct democracy where the people are sovereign. Legislative power is not final, but subject to the will of the people. And as citizens, as it's been said here before, we are not permitted to propose amendments to the Constitution for the three elections where the court weighed in. We have to count on all of you to do that. I urge all of you, Republican, Democrat, Independent, support Senator Breen's constitutional amendment today. Send this amendment out to the people so we can vote on it. 
I strongly urge you to cast a vote against full repeal of this citizen-initiated law and to do the right thing at this very important moment. We ran a strong, vibrant, pro-reform, pro-democracy, grassroots, volunteer campaign. It was one of the greatest campaigns in the history of this state. We became the first state in the entire nation to bring forward this change in the way we elect our leaders, and I'm really proud of what we did together. I want to say that I admire and respect all of you, even those of you who are opposing or fighting for the repeal of this law. Um, and I thank you again for the opportunity to testify here today. And I think my son thank you. to is say this something. William? Is this William? is Tiger, yeah? Oh, okay. Here, you want to hear? Hold on. Hello, my name is William okay. Ty McCormick. <laughs> um, the Constitution has been amended 173 times. Please amend it one more time. Please do the right thing for the people. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Um, can I just Any add questions? one more thing? Uh, yeah. Okay, really great. Quickly. I just wanted yeah. to say that yeah. um, that's true, that the Maine's Constitution has been amended 173 times. Mm -hmm. And so it's um, hardly a rare event. And I want to say also that the Senate president and 23 of its members, when they asked the court for guidance, they said, quote, that they needed that guidance from the, from the court, quote, to determine during the current legislative session whether it is necessary to propose constitutional amendments for submission to the voters for approval in November 2017, end quote. The answer to, from the court was yes, but now some of these senators are trying to use this opinion to do something very, very different. They're trying to eviscerate the whole thing, to repeal the whole thing, not just to bring it into constitutional compliance, as they told the court, which is okay. the reason that they asked Great. for this. Thank you for testifying. You're listening to Maine Currents on WERU. I'm Amy Brown. This is Friday's public hearing before the legislature's Veterans and Legal Affairs Committee for two bills they are considering, one of which, LD 1624, is a proposal to amend the state constitution so that ranked choice voting as approved by Maine voters last November may be implemented, and the other, 1625, LD 1625, would overturn the voters' decision in November by repealing ranked choice voting altogether. The public hearing lasted more than four hours, and by my count, 27 members of the public commented. Not one of them spoke in favor of repealing ranked choice voting. Thank you. Uh, Senator Mason, Representative Lucchini, members of the Joint Committee on Veterans and Legal Affairs, thank you for the opportunity to testify today and also thank you for your service. Uh, I know that quite many of you have a long drive to get here each day and I know that you have a tough job. My name is Adam Pontius and I have worked to pass and enact ranked choice voting in Maine now for two years. I am also a Republican and a resident of Portland. I stand in favor of LD 1624, a resolution that would pass a constitutional amendment allowing the use of ranked choice voting in statewide general elections, and in opposition to LD 1625 as written, an act that would repeal ranked choice voting in full. I am also here to point out that there is an easy and uncontroversial fix to the problems confronting you today. Senator Carpenter already talked about that fix this morning with uh, more eloquence or clarity than I can muster, so I'll skip that portion of my testimony, although it is in the written testimony if you're interested. This fix would bring ranked choice voting into line with the advisory opinion of the court while still honoring the will of the people. I view the two main arguments against this course of action as disingenuous. I have heard it suggested that the maintenance of two different systems is simply too hard, and yet we already maintain multiple different types of elections at the state and municipal levels, including pick two town council elections, pick three school board elections, municipal bonds, state level bonds, ballot initiatives, and people's vetoes. The original fiscal note for ranked choice voting even included the cost of printing additional ballot page, so that cost is already clearly factored in. Uh, if opponents view that cost as prohibitive, I would love to see a fiscal note that describes how. I've also heard it suggested that Maine voters are simply incapable of figuring out how to use first-past-the-post and ranked-choice voting ballots at the same time. This is absurd, offensive, and factually incorrect. Multiple studies indicate that there is no difference in overvote rates, spoiled ballots, or voting turnout between elections with ranked choice voting and elections without ranked choice voting. This also reflects my own experience as a Portland voter, where I and my fellow voters have used ranked choice voting in the mayoral election and first-past-the-post elections for uh, council races without any issues. Mainers are also legally obligated to take part in procedures far more complicated than using multiple election systems. We pay taxes each year using a convoluted, overly complicated, and arcane system 
that makes ranked choice voting look like tic-tac-toe. <laughs> to be candid, I'm disappointed with how the Maine State Legislature has approached ranked choice voting. We the people made our intentions perfectly clear when we passed ranked choice voting with record-breaking numbers. I urge you to find the courage to implement it now and make it work for as many elections as possible. Thank you. Good afternoon. My name is Claire Hudson-Payne. I'm from Holden, Maine, and I'd like to thank this committee for the opportunity to speak today. Um, I speak in opposition to LD 1625 and in support of 1624. By way of background, I recently retired after 37 and a half years in practice with a Bangor law firm. Also retired from teaching at a local university. I taught U.S. government and business laws and adjunct. And I'm a Republican. I was elected on four different occasions and served 12 years as a selectman slash council member for the town of Holden. I did run as a Republican for the main house. Um, I am a grassroots organizer. I note this because nobody paid me a nickel to go out and collect signatures, have a house party, give them supper, invite my friends to go to a beer tasting and rank the votes, um, write a letters to the Bangor Daily News. Um, and I think all of uh, the people that I were involved with were on that same page. Now, as an attorney, I strongly believe in following the law and, when necessary, the spirit of the law. Today, ranked choice voting is the law. It became the law as a result of, as you've heard, one of our most popular referendums. But I note, it, it not only did almost 400,000 people vote for it, our entire population, when we voted in 2016, was about 1.34 million. That's a lot of people in this state that came out and voted for that. Um, and our Supreme Court has advised the Maine Senate that three, and only three, of the ten elections covered by the law would benefit some minor constitutional adjustments. And, but the remaining seven types of uh, elections are untouched by the court's opinion. Now, the Supreme Court and I'm going in response to some comments, um, stated in its recent opinion that citizen-enacted legislation should, in quotes, reflect the will of the people, end quotes. Um, and I don't have any concern whatsoever um, that the court did not speak to ranked choice voting with regard to the other uh, seven races that are not affected. And, and the reason is twofold. Um, the main Senate didn't ask about those races. They specifically looked to the Constitution, gave them the provisions they were asking about. So the court had no reason to opine on that. Further, um, there's, there's no mention of those races in the Constitution, so we don't have to look at that, and I have no fear that anyone is going to make a leap of faith and try to paint um, the uh, those unaffected races by the three races where they have questions. Um, but this, this legislature can take care of the court's concerns. To kill the law because of three of the ten races are under cloud would be overkill. Um, now, um, I also want to speak to the uh, uh, issue of confusion. Um, Portland has ranked choice voting. They aren't confused. I say no reasons why the citizens in the rest of the part of the state, there are people who live north of Portland, and we are perfectly capable of, of making those decisions. Um, I've counted paper ballots in my town. Um, I know that in this election, I have three ballots I'm going to have to address in June when I go to vote. I can do that. I can count ballots with a, a paper and pen. I do not mind the fact that we now have a machine that takes care of this for that. And, and there's also a comment that the elderly may be confused by this law. I'm eligible for Medicare this year. I sign up this month. I'm not confused. The people that I talk to who are, quote, seniors, I don't care how you define it, but it certainly includes me. Um, it's not confusing, and I don't think this is an age-related issue, and I hope there's not ageist comment to that effect about it. And, and I'm going to return uh, to my teaching days at Hassan University. 
when I was teaching business law and U.S. government. Ms. Payne, I forgot to set the three-minute oh. clock, but I, I think I think we're almost beyond it. So, if you could just uh, summarize. Absolutely. Thank you. Um, only only in one of my classes, only one out of twelve students was an enrolled voters. The remaining were unenrolled. I do believe that um, th this this will encourage people to vote. There are hard decisions always as an elected representative. I have faced those, and I ask you to face that as well and, and follow through on the will of the people. Thank you. Thank you. Welcome. Good to be here. Senator Mason, Representative Lucchini, members of the committee. I'm Dick Woodbury. I live in Yarmouth, and I'm chair of the Committee on Ranked Choice Voting. I served here for 10 years with many of you and sat through literally thousands of hours of public hearings, every one of them, frankly, less consequential than the one you're holding today. Listen to all the testimony so far this morning, very eloquent. It's helped me to define why I say I think it's so consequential. There's the policy case. I've been speaking about ranked choice voting around the state over the past couple of years. And in my remarks, I often say this is the most important policy issue that I've ever worked on in my 15 years in politics. And I've worked on a lot of issues, budget, taxes, education, environment policy, health policy. I've worked on a lot of good substantive stuff. I say this is the most important because if the political system itself is not working well, we can't deal with any of those other really important issues. So there's the policy case. And if this were a normal bill to evaluate the merits of ranked choice voting, that's what I'd be talking about. But that's really a secondary issue, because what has happened over the last decade in advancing this initiative is one of the most thoughtful, deliberative, a model example of what democracy should look like, the exercise of democracy should look like. And I give a lot of credit to the League of Women Voters for that, for the incredibly deliberative, uh, bipartisan working groups that they put together that worked, you know, initially on just looking at election reforms broadly, but then developing this specific plan and how it should be implemented in Maine. There was that background. There was then the initiative itself where we spent two years having a very visible, public, uh, transparent discussion of, of the merits of the issue throughout the, the, the state. And then there was the vote that was fairly well overwhelming following on that tremendous foundation. So if we're now going to challenge that democratic process, that what I consider to be truly one of the best models of democracy I've ever seen, that to me is all the more profound than even the policy itself. So that's why I'm here and uh, I appreciate your letting me speak. Thank you, Senator. Uh, good afternoon, Senator Mason, Representative Lucchini. It is great to be before the Veterans and Legal Affairs Committee. My name is Diane Russell, and I reside in Portland. After sitting on this committee for uh, six years, fighting for greater engagement in our democratic process, I stand before you as a civilian to do the same thing. I am also one of the original signers of the Ranked Choice Voting Initiative. When Senator Woodbury and I launched this two years ago, we had one week to organize before Election Day, and there were only four of us working together to do it. Someone asked earlier about uh, out-of-state money, and i got to tell you, this was about as grassroots as it gets. Practically overnight, people from across the state raised their hand to help collect signatures. And on Election Day, after just one week of organizing, we collected more than 40,000 signatures. I can tell you that that is unprecedented with one week to organize. It says a lot about the motivation. As the person who coordinated the collection management from 6 a.m. to 2 a.m. Uh, for that week of those signature collection, uh, organizing, I can tell you firsthand that the people that were collecting were members of all parties and independents. The level of pride and ownership volunteers were taking was unprecedented in my political organizing experience. We had people collecting from Kittery and York to Eagle Lake, 
from Bryant Pond, my hometown in Bethel, to Eastport and Baileyville. This campaign has consistently been grounded in the idea that we should be allowed to vote our hopes, not our fears. It was not a bipartisan campaign. It was a multi-partisan campaign with people across the political spectrum who put their party aside because they were frustrated that we had an election system to designed to protect to the political class and to limit real discourse. Instead of having a conversation about who should win the election, we consistently have conversations, especially at the gubernatorial race, about who can win. Who is ahead? Who's raised more money? Who's the spoiler? Instead of the ideas about what is going to make Maine great. As many of you know, I spent years working with this committee to attempt to bring RCV forward. We went through a quite a public transparent process to get it on the ballot when we decided to go that route. And another public transparent process and debate in what was about a two-year campaign. Senator Mason, we have long debated clean election system from this very horseshoe. You have consistently reminded your fellow colleagues, myself included, that we needed to hear what the people had to say, that you did not believe that the people still supported the clean elections referendum because it had happened more than a decade ago. You may recall a text I sent you on election day when clean elections was fixed at the ballot box saying you're welcome. This referendum isn't even 10 months old, let alone 10 years. This was not a poll. It was not a temperature check, and it was most definitely not a suggestion. This was an election. The people made a decision. We are not here today to decide the validity of our RCV or where people should stand on it or whether their opinion is valid or not. That has already been decided by the very people that we are here to represent. We are here today to decide whether to implement what people voted for through a constitutional amendment or to real appeal some or part of it. I've heard today the same debate that has already occurred, a debate that I've been having for over a decade, largely by the same people who have been opposing it all along. Our position won with the electorate, and that should be respected. In fact, there were five referendums last year, and the people examined all of them and chose to move forward on four. This, in and of its own right, demonstrates the careful consideration Maine voters gave to each referendum. While I walked these halls regularly, I heard lawmakers repeatedly say, well, they just don't know. They, the voters. Rejecting question three contradicts this Beltway mentality. They made a clear decision. The citizens' initiative process should not be used for random policies. Having led a significant portion of the signature drives that got these two ballot, this ballot initiative and another one on the ballot last fall, both of which won, I can say that with great meaning. The process is designed to be there for when the political system has otherwise failed. We brought this before the legislature repeatedly, only to be repeatedly defeated. Senator Woodbury and others have noted just how detailed and open and transparent this process has been. The Citizens' Initiative is the last check against a government run amok, against politicians who don't want to work for their constituents. This initiative was born out of a frustration of a rigged system, the idea that the political class knows best. The mechanisms, the sausage, if you will, that brought us to the debate today confirms precisely why people brought this forward in the first place. When Dick, Cara, Finn, and I embarked on this campaign two years ago, we built off way more than we could chew. But what has kept us going through some dark days, including today, is the idea that we can make a difference, that we can change the system so that it works for the broadest number of people in this state, and that we fundamentally have a right to vote our hopes, not our fears. That was the same hope that led me to stand up to my party all the way to the top last summer. And I can tell you hope can be buried for only so long. Truth can be buried for only so long. It will break free. It is a seed, and it will be replaced with a mighty oak. I will close by telling you what I told the Criminal Justice Committee two years ago on the legalization initiative. I'm not concerned today with what you decide. I'm not concerned with what the legislature decides. We took our case to the people once. We are happy to take our case to the people again. I hope this will be unnecessary, and I hope that the legislature and the committee will vote against fully repealing this law and to move forward um, on a constitutional amendment. 
as we went to air this afternoon, just before we went to air, work sessions were announced for both of these bills, LD1624 and LD1625. They're going to be held Thursday, June 8th at 1 p.m. If you have an opinion about either of these or about anything you'd like to contact your legislator about, you can go to mainlegislature.org and get the information about how to contact them there. And now a sneak peek at next week's show, which will be hosted by John Greenman. John writes, your lake or stream may not look dirty, but if it's got too much fertilizer in it, you could have a plant growth problem, algae blooms, fish kills, in other words, dirty water. Where does the problem start? It starts with rainwater running off your fertilized lawn into a stream or lake. It starts with runoff from country roads and driveways making its way unimpeded into waterways. What can you do about it? There's a national program that's aimed at this kind of runoff, non-point source pollution here in Midcoast and Down East Maine. It's run by the counties. And next week on Maine Currents here in our new time Tuesdays at 4 o'clock, John Greenman will be leading a discussion about that. So be sure to join us then. And you have been listening to Maine Currents independent local news views and culture here on tuesdays now from our former home on wednesdays still at four o'clock and you can still reach us at news at weru.org i'm amy brown thanks for listening stay tuned for democracy now coming up next then jazz alchemy with june here on your community radio station weru fm 89.9 blue hill 99.9 bangor and streaming online at weru.org Support for WERU comes from...